This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Congress just cannot stop trying to expel George Santos. They tried to expel him. It didn't go anywhere. Then they got a little further. They tried to expel him again. So they actually went and took a vote. The vote failed. They were not able to expel him. And now the heat is on. Congressman George Santos, probably in a, in a business politics that's filled with a lot of people that have trouble with the truth, he is maybe the most famous liar in politics. Santos is on the hot seat after a House committee documented a long list of his alleged offenses. He's already said he's not running for re-election next year. His days in the House are numbered, but that doesn't mean he should be expelled before his day in court, which is what his colleagues are again trying to do. The House Ethics Committee released this report on Thursday after an eight-month investigation. The committee, led by Congressman Michael Guest, a Republican, and Susan Wild, a Democrat, accused Congressman Santos of crimes and ethics violations related to his misuse of campaign funds. The committee sent a criminal referral to the Justice Department that may add charges to an existing federal indictment against Santos. That trial is set to get going in September. So the committee claims that Santos diverted funds from his two congressional campaigns in 2020 and 2022. One of his filings to the FEC lists a $500,000 personal loan that was never made. The committee names trips to Atlantic City and a New York spa among the likely uses of the misspent funds. Santos is also alleged to have made personal use of donations to Redstone Strategies, which is a political consulting firm that he claims was independent. The evidence looks compelling, even though Santos didn't think so. He said it was politicized. So on Friday, the Republican chairman of the House Ethics Committee, Mr. Guest, introduced yet another resolution to expel Santos from the House. He dodged, Santos did, expulsion just a couple of weeks ago when a resolution fell very short of the required two-thirds majority. It was 179 to 213. 
But his luck may fail in round two, since the Ethics Committee's findings have made a lot of members rethink their votes. By Thursday evening, several House members who voted against removing Santos said they've changed their mind. The House, I want you to understand how big of a deal this is and how rare this is in American history. The House has expelled only two of its members since the Civil War, and both were first convicted on criminal charges. The violations the Ethics Committee has attached to Santos are on the same order as the bribery and fraud that ended the careers of Michael Myers in 1980 and my guy Jim Traffickant in 2002. You remember those great speeches he used to give on the floor of the House, beam me up? Each was granted the privilege of a trial to vet the charges against them. But when it comes to Santos's critics, they're suggesting that he waived his presumption of innocence by refusing to defend himself before the Ethics Committee. A defendant who fails to show up and make his case in court faces a summary conviction, but this is not a criminal trial. This is a political inquiry. It doesn't have the same force. Santos is done, whether he's convicted or not. He's an embarrassment to the House, but I really do think, and I've said this when it comes to Bob Menendez as well, who John Fetterman keeps trying to expel, members of Congress ought to think twice about breaking this precedent that members be expelled. Well, the, the, current, the currently the precedent is you have to be convicted, not have to be, but you have been convicted before being expelled. In this hyper-partisan era, the temptation to throw out somebody from the other party just because they get indicted or because there's a scandal about them, it is going to open up a hornet's nest here. This is a slippery slope. I, you know, I I wouldn't vote for George Santos, but you know what? No one's going to be voting for George Santos next year because he's done. Probably going to be in prison. How about we actually wait until there's an actual finding of guilt? What do you think? Are you willing to throw out a member of Congress just based on the word of the Ethics Committee? Or do you think you should actually have to be convicted of a crime first? 800-848-9222. 800 I... I think this is dangerous. I think if we're going to start throwing members of Congress out without any consent from the voters, if we're going to start throwing people out before they're convicted of a crime, that sends a very poor message to any prosecutor in the country, which is all you have to do is indict this guy and we'll find a way to expel him. It's not difficult to see. They may do the same thing with Matt Gates, not or someone else that's not popular with their colleagues. Maybe Nancy Mace. I think this is dangerous. Curious as to your view. 800-848-9222. As the Wall Street Journal said, and I think the Daily News in their editorial page made the same point over the weekend. And again, it's very rare where you have the Journal and the Daily News coming to the same point editorially. But the Wall Street Journal said even the notorious Mr. Santos deserves the judgment of a jury 
of his non-political peers. Well said. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Al is in Manhattan. Hi, Al. Hey, good morning, Frank. Morning. Show as always. Thank you. Listen, I, I had a, a, a little, just take, take this advice of what it's worth. But uh, I know a lot of people, uh, EMS, uh, helicopter pilots, EMS nurses, doctors, and I've witnessed myself. I could tell you this as a homeowner. The things that that can bite you the most are hedge trimmers, chainsaws, and getting on a ladder. All of these things, you may think, hey, it's a hop in the park. You don't know what a chainsaw can do. It can grab a part of the uh, core of the wood and just stay there. It could just throw its chain off. It can hop along. And the problem is when you do these activities, you're moving around. You're active. The most professional of them is the number one cause of death among workers, I think, uh, logging and stuff like that. So much better to go to, like, Craigslist, free stuff. And guess what? People are getting rid of cores of wood all the time. They'll bring it right to you. I'm telling you. You you ever go out to Nassau, Suffolk, to go visit with your wife's relatives? They got places there. The county gives it out. So you can get all these uh, core wood things. Uh, a cord, I don't know what it costs these days. Much safer, I'm telling you. Because uh, I, 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 I let the hedge trimmer to a neighbor. He chopped himself up. I used a hedge trimmer. Guess what? The cord one. I don't know how it happened. I saw sparks. Wow. And uh, I know people that professional roofers, dead, dead, dead. They went up on top of uh, roofs. One leaned against a wooden railing. He didn't know that it was dry rotted. Went three stories down to oh, a sounds cement courtyard. Yeah. Well, yeah, Al, I'm, I'm not the discounting the, the dangers of any of this. But this is a very small amount of wood. I mean, we're talking three or four logs here. I mean, don't you think oh, I can I manage that. that? Yes, you could. I had no idea. I thought you were doing cords and cords, no, you know. No, 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 no. Very um, small amount. Very small amount. Again, I think it would just be literally a few minutes of, uh, if, I, if I had a chainsaw, just a few minutes of, uh, of, of using it on each of these logs. I mean, they're, they're very yeah. narrow, so I just kind of have to get them a little shorter. That's really it. Yeah, no worries then. But just, you know, always remember, like, ladders, you, you, the insurance companies, when they have to sell your homeowner's policy, they know. It's like when somebody says, like, well, how do I know that people are going to die at 78-1 if you're a, a male? You know why? Here's how they do it. They get millions of numbers. They crunch it. And then they can also tell you, chainsaws, uh-oh, trouble. Uh, hedge trimmer, trouble. Ladders, we don't know why, because nobody goes up thinking, hey, they're not going to be able to do it. You can but it's the whole thing is you're already programming yourself when you get older. Hey, I'll get up the ladder, put the Christmas ornaments off. Uh, I'll cut that log off. You know what I'm trying to say? And, and one last thing, and I'll let you go with this, snow shoveling too. As you get older, pay the kid 40 bucks. Much better. You sit inside uh, having the hot chocolate than you have any kind of chest pains and end up you know what I mean? It yeah. happens way too often. Fair enough, Al. Thank you. You know, I, on the snow shoveling front, I happen to be very lucky to live on a block where we have two people that use that have snow blowers, and they they use the snow blower on on the whole block's sidewalk. Although one of them moved away, so we're now down to just one. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. David's in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, David. Yes. Uh, good morning. Morning. Um, on this George Santos thing. I, one of the things that bothers me about it, and it's not the same issue that you have, 
He announced he's not running for re-election. They half-heartedly tried to expel him a few weeks ago. And now all of a sudden, they want to get rid of him again. I think it's clear they just want to get rid of the embarrassment. Um, when they thought he was still viable, they were willing to keep him. Even Democrats voted not to expel right. him because they wanted him to be the candidate. It's all very cynical. But I'll say this, though, and this is where I disagree. I think anybody, legislative body, should have a right to remove people who've had serious allegations against them, especially in the House, because being that the term is only two years, the likelihood of someone going to trial in a two-year period is generally very remote, considering when the charges might be pressed. So I think in the House, it's more likely or more acceptable to expel someone without a criminal conviction. Well, I actually, I, I see what you mean. I, I still disagree, though. I think the fact that the term of the House is so short and that you come before the voters so frequently, I think that makes even less of a need for politicians to be the one to determine. Maybe if it was, say, the U.S. Senate and you're saying, all right, we're stuck with this guy for for six years. If he conned the voters, it's up to us to act. You know, the voters have a chance to weigh in every other year on who their members of Congress are. As far as your... Well, go ahead. Oh. Well, no, like with Melendez, he's up for re-election next year. What's the rush to expel oh, him? Oh, I, I feel the same way. I feel the to, same to way. Vote on that, hundred yeah, percent. Well, see, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I was going to add in terms of the uh, the cynicism there. First of all, a, a lot of members of Congress, and I really respect uh, Congressman Jamie Raskin for not voting to expel Santos and. Um, making the point that, look, we've only done this a handful of times in American history. It's really basically similar to what I said. It's a dangerous precedent to start throwing out people before they're convicted. But the cynicism on the part of the Republicans who are trying to push this, it's it, you're right, but it's so much more than that. It's not just that they don't want to be embarrassed by this guy that is embarrassing. They... You know, the rules in New York where Santos represents are very different for a special election versus a standard election. So if they wait until next year, anybody that wants to run for this seat, both Democrat and Republican, they could just file petitions and run. But if there's a special election, they can't do that. The party leaders get to pick and the one who will ultimately have the pick over who the Republican nominee is, is the Republican leader in Nassau County, Joe Cairo. Nothing against him. But he gets to essentially pick, you know, the, the Republican and has a good chance of picking the congressman. So the people that have been pushing this are the congressmen that represent Nassau County, who also owe a big portion of their political careers to Joe Cairo. So Cairo wants to pick the congressman. And if there's a primary, he's not guaranteed of that opportunity. And I think it's very telling that those folks that are pushing this are, you know, from that area. Thank you, uh, David. 800-848-9222. Al is in New Jersey. Hi, Al. Hi, Frank. Um, I was just thinking, as far as Santos goes, and, and the, the comparison with Bob Mendes, mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I think the media situation, because Mendez's case seems to be not not shrugged under a rug type of thing, but it's already seeming like cooling down. And Santos's situation, 
it just gets more fired up. Is that because of the media? Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think the Menendez case has gotten a lot of attention. I think the reason maybe you perceive that is because there are so many more members in the House that are trying to expel Santos than are trying to bring this up in the Senate. In the Senate, so far, uh, the only person I've said I've heard propose expelling Menendez is John Fetterman. In yes. uh, the House, you have 200 members of Congress that want to expel Santos. So I think the fact that it keeps coming up as a political issue means it's getting a little bit more media attention at the uh, at the moment. 800-848-9222. Believe me, though, the Democrats would love to expel Santos because you know why? They would then get to fix that. They would get to replace that seat with a Democrat because it would be appointed by the governor and who do you think the governor would appoint? Well, gee, his wife is running for the seat. You think he might appoint his wife? I do. 800-848-9222. Marianne is in Queens. Hi, Marianne. Uh, good, um, good morning. Uh, well, I agree with you. Um, I believe also that this is the trade-in, uh, the, the, the Santos head uh, for Melendez head. Uh, oh. I believe that that's what is going on. Now, uh, if I can recall, uh, Governor Hoko says that she's sealing the criminal records uh, from people. We are almost in election year. So a lot of people that are running or are still in government that have criminal records, nobody's going to go into that. So you know what? Uh, they got whatever they want from the Republicans. They have everyone's uh, records. But there's a lot of records from the Democrats that they don't have uh, public. So if she's selling them, you are not going to find out. This is all about the elections. And I believe that, like you say, that you have to prove someone guilty. The Senate is not, um, the Congress is not supposed to get rid of the man before it's time. Right, right. And that's the fundamental issue that I have. Great point, Marianne. Thank you. That, to me, is it, right? I don't know that I need to say anything more than that. Is... If you're convicted by a jury beyond a reasonable doubt, okay, maybe I get that's why you expel someone. But to do this based on an accusation, just do this based on the findings of a a politically motivated committee, I don't think it's a good idea, personally. I think it invites a – it's a game changer, really. Because if you're saying essentially that you don't have to be convicted anymore before being expelled, they're going to try to expel people all the time. It's almost like what they've done with impeachment with presidents. We're now in an era where it seems like anytime the president is in one party and the Congress is in another, they're going to try to impeach the president. And we've seen it with censure. Censure used to be something very serious. Now censure is something that we do to uh, members of uh, to people we don't like. 800-848-9222. Roberts in Suffolk. Hi, Robert. Hi, Frank. I think that the Libertarian Party could be the third major party if they had good enough candidates and consistently. Okay, is there a question there or just a comment? That was the comment to to you about uh, a third major party. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, it's certainly possible. I think that um, it really... 
I, I, it, you know, again, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't, I voted for libertarians before. I voted for Gary Johnson in 2012. So, look, I think there's a lot of appeal to the libertarian message on conservative for conservatives on economic issues, for um, liberals on social issues. But I think there there is a, a ceiling to where libertarians end up. And it's in the five to ten percent range. I think it's very tough in most cases to uh, extend beyond that. But who knows? We'll see. I don't know who the libertarians are going to end up running uh, this time around, but we'll see. Frankie is in Highlands. Hello, Frankie. Yeah, hi, Frank. I think you should be commended. Um, incredible, incredible show. Thank you. And uh, and uh, very informative. Um, I I want to uh, just. Uh, find out if and ask you a question um did you ask why we don't go and weed out the where the real hitlers of hummus uh that are in qatar instead of bombing all of these and killing all of these innocent people who are actually controlled. In other words, if they don't follow the orders right. of Hamas, they would die. They would, you know, and, and it's just despicable what the, and we know where they are, these Hitlers. And that's the question I was hoping you would ask uh, the colonel. I thought it was. Well, I, I had a lot of other uh, questions that I, I did hope to ask him and hopefully he'll be back. The, and I will put that on my list for next time he's here. But the the thing that I think it's a two and this is just my guess. And thanks for the call, Frankie. I think it's two things. One, Qatar is kind of protecting these people, and we have a very important economic relationship with Qatar right now, and a relationship that extends to energy and national security as well, and. Uh, two, I think that, um, you know, to go for Israel to go into Qatar in a military fashion when Qatar has been one of the key brokers in terms of trying to free some of these hostages, I think that would blow up a lot of these hostage negotiations. But that's just my speculation. I don't know. All right, 800-848-9222. We have uh, five open lines, so we can take your calls. Noam Layden is here. We'll find out what's in the news from him straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus in America too. She's a good girl. Crazy about Elvis, loves horses, and her boyfriend too. And it's a long day, living in Reseda, there's a freeway, running through the yard, 
have a bad boy Cause I don't even miss her I'm a bad boy For breaking her heart Someone that would never break anyone's heart is uh, our resident news extraordinaire, our news director, the one and only. Stand by for the other side of Midnight's News. From New York City, the other side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. All right, now, hello. Good morning, Frank. Happy Monday. Uh, I've never given much to these stories, and I don't know about you, about Vladimir Putin being dead. <laughs> Right. We've heard these stories for years. Uh, right. what, uh, I don't know if you remember seeing those pictures of him with a leg tremor right, not exactly. too far back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, appearances with him shaking. Uh, it seemed to be that he was shaking as he uh, met with world leaders. There was another one where he had a coughing fit at a public appearance. But now this is very interesting that maybe he is dead. This according to a Japanese group of journalists who are now using AI technology to see if they've now put out these body clones of Vladimir Putin to make it like he's still alive. They took his pictures, this group of Japanese journalists, and they used AI to see if there was a match between the real Vladimir Putin of a couple years ago and up to the ones of most recently. Now, there is one thing to be said. He has not made a ton of public appearances right. in right. the last year. So there's one recently where he is at the Crimean Bridge. And according to this AI tech that was used to look at a real picture and then the Crimean, uh, Crimean picture, there was only a 53% match according to AI. Whoa. Yeah, I found that very interesting. So, so much so was this story, and it became a big story in Japan over the last couple of weeks, that uh, they actually had a spokesman from uh, Russia, from the Kremlin, who said, no, he is very much alive. These pictures uh, are real pictures. There is no body double. But now there's a second picture that AI looked over. And same thing, this group of Japanese journalists looked at uh, the picture, and it was only a 18% match, according to AI. Well, what are they going to say if they are caught? Oh, okay. Well, he is <laughs> dead. dead. You caught us. Right. The jig is up. Right. Well, 18%, though, that's something. Yeah, and I'll take it one step further. They then did voice analysis from some public appearances, um, and it, they handed it over to this respected group in Japan called the Institute of Audio Communication Laboratory. They also supported these claims that doppelgangers were in play here, that there is not the real Vladimir Putin that's been at recent public appearances, that it's a body double. Now, they don't know whether... He's dead or not, that much they're not going to guess. But they say this is not the same Vladimir Putin at the last couple appearances. It's a doppelganger. It's not the real guy. I also wonder if it's if it's potentially a body double, but that he just doesn't want to do public appearances because he's afraid of being assassinated or Possibly. something. Possibly. I don't know. Like Saddam used to do that. 
Uh, Remember that? Yeah, well, we don't even know if that was real, right? Right, exactly. Well, it's true. It was a guy who looked like him or he just wasn't having a good day. You know what I mean? (laughs) He didn't comb his hair like he normally does. His mustache wasn't trimmed the way it should be. So we don't know. Maybe it's the same thing with Vlad. So uh, we are on uh, Putin death watch. We'll keep an eye out. Or he just does, exactly. Or just a body double. And that's all it is. You could be be absolutely right about that. Name a stamp, Frank. Any stamp. Can you think of a famous stamp? Uh, Elvis stamp. The Elvis stamp? 29 cents. I remember voting on that. Really? The Elvis stamp? Well, that was not the one I was looking oh, for. Oh, the inverted Jenny. Thank you. Okay, that is the inverted Sorry. Jenny. Uh, unless you're a hardcore uh, stamp collector, there's uh, only one stamp that you've probably ever heard of. It's this upside, upside down old airplane, the stamp known to uh, stamp collectors as um, become this measure of fame in the stamp world. It is this inverted Jenny issued by the post office back in 1918. It depicts a biplane called the Curtis, also known as the Jenny, and it was uh, upside down. It was an accident by the post office. They didn't mean to have this plane upside down, and they put out a sheet of 100 of these misprinted stamps that went public. And this was all those years ago. Initially, a clerk at the post office bought the sheet for about 24 bucks. He later sold it for about $15,000. This is back in the 1930s. Eventually, the sheet of stamps with the upside-down, accidental, upside-down plane uh, was broken up into individual stamps. And then it became a pop star in oh, yeah. the 50s and the 60s. You might remember in the 1985 movie. Brewster's uh, Millions. Yes. <laughs> wow, you remember that, huh? I love that scene. I'm very impressed. Richard Pryor. Uh, takes one of these upside-down Jennies, and he puts it on an envelope to mail out an envelope. Uh, In 1993, a Simpsons episode, uh, Homer digs through a box of five-cent items at a swap meet, and he elects not to pick up the inverted Jenny that's in that box. (laughs) Uh, So now the uh, Postal Service tried to cash in on this. Back in 2013, they released replicas of the stamp with the plane upside-down on purpose. I have those. Yeah. By the way, worth nothing. No, 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 I know. They're worth uh, 66 cents. Yeah, exactly. But on Wednesday, the uh, hammer came down on an auction of one of these inverted jennies uh, at the Robert A. Siegel Auction Galleries. Guess what the final price was for this stamp last week, last Wednesday? So one one inverted jenny. Yes, one inverted I'm gonna jenny. I'm going to say a million dollars. You're close. Two million dollars. Oh, boy. Yeah. So if you have one of these, they, there is a thought that people have these uh, set, uh, set up in safety deposit boxes. Uh, there is a thought that some of these stamps are in collections of people who don't even know they have them, family members who have passed on, who just haven't gone through these collections because they don't know where all these stamps are. But good to know that this latest one on Wednesday went for $2 million. Well, you know, there was a story that um, the Postal Service announced uh, significant losses and they're facing a... Uh, a debt, um, you know, greater than they've seen in a while. I think it's a $1.7 billion, you know, uh, debt. I wonder, seriously, though, if there's a way, if in the office, if you don't claim a lottery ticket, right? they just kind of keep the money. Is there a way to have the Postal Service somehow recoup the chance, the these the cost or the value of these stamps that are left there out right. there in the ether? Well, let's say that was the not. case, and then it was two million dollars each. And yeah, they get like right. it wouldn't even uh, yeah. you know drop in the, the bucket, bucket for that's them. True. That's they're true. They're so they're so about to go out of business as yeah, it is. That's true. They're having a tough time. I'm not big on uh, feel good stories. Because, you know, as a news guy, you want to hear, you know, people being knocked to the ground, ripped off, uh, slapped around. Otherwise, it's not a news story. But I'll end with a happy one. Oh, wonderful. 
So the owners of an East Coast luxury jewelry store, they have nobody in the family to pass this business on to. It's Harvey and Maddie Rosinski. They own Bernie Robbins Jewelers. Uh, This is an East Coast chain. There are some in Philadelphia, some down in New Jersey. It's a big chain. And they do have kids, but the kids are not interested in the business. So uh, after all these years in business, it's, uh, well, 60 years, they're just going to hand over the business. They tried selling it, by the way. Nobody wanted to buy it. Really? Which is sort of interesting. Usually these things, the jewelry business, and this is a very successful one. Sure. Uh, will go, but maybe the price wasn't right. So then they said, wait a minute. We've had people who've worked for us for 25 or 30 years who've been really dedicated employees who we've loved and we love them like family. So they're just going to hand it to them. No money exchanged. There will be a group of employees who will take over the jewelry business first quarter of 2024. They will now own Bernie Robbins Jewelers. And they say they're so educated in the business, they don't have to teach them anything. And no money will transfer between them and these employees. Now, they haven't told us how many workers will be involved in this, but it is a a substantially sized group. And first quarter 2024, they will be the owners of Bernie Robin Jewelers. I like that. That is a good story. Isn't that a great story? Yeah. While you're here, though, since you asked me to name a stamp, I want to try something with you. Play along with this. Sure. All right. What is four plus two? That is six. What is 10 minus four? That is six. What is three times two? That is six. What is three plus three? That is six. Okay, what's five plus one? Six. Okay, name a vegetable, quickly. Cucumber. Okay, all right, didn't work. What was I supposed to name? Well, apparently, (laughs) you know, about 66% of the people, after they say six in succession, they tend to say carrot. Really? Like, why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, some people have theorized because it, carrot has six letters, or maybe they're 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 used to saying carrot sticks. I, I don't know. Right. But sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So what I used to do when I would try to impress people at bars, I would have carrot written out as I just did now. Oh, right. But and then hold on. But then and did I, that work? Did you, did you go home with the people afterwards? And you, <laughs> that's where it worked. <laughs> Once in a while. Okay. But what I would do is in the on the off chance that somebody wouldn't say carrot. I would also have a secret compartment where broccoli was written. (laughs) So, but that wouldn't have worked for you. No, that wouldn't. I I didn't. I I would have. I didn't cheat. But if I was going to cheat, I would have cheated with with broccoli, not not cucumber. That's great. Well, I'm an odd individual. I'm sure it works with most everybody else. My goodness. Yes. Um, If you want to psychoanalyze what gnomes, you know, psyche says for not picking carrot, give us a call 800-848-9222. Thank you, Noam. And now you know the rest of the story. All right. Uh, If you want to comment on anything that we have uh, discussed thus far, you're welcome to give me a call. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Hey, I always thought that thing you did with the sixes, I thought that was fives. I, I remember doing it with five, and you just tell them, say five, 55, and they just keep going up. And then you go, name a vegetable. And they would say carrot. And I did it once, and it worked. Well, maybe it's always carrot. Because I'm thinking maybe carrot's just the most popular vegetable that people just say. Right. Because I did it once, and it worked, and they were, like, amazed. I know. See, when it (laughs) works. When it works, it's great. It works. I should have just, you know. And then I go, name a vegetable, and they go, um, uh, I'm like, it's not going to work Yeah, you got to do it right away. You got to do it quick. That's the thing. I see, I've never, I got to look into that. Maybe that's the, maybe that's what went wrong just now. 
We'll see. All right, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. So when I came in to work last night, I you know you have to kind of th- go through the kitchen to get to the studio, which suits me just fine because I can get a nice cup of tea. So I'm looking around for the mug that I use, not seeing it. No big deal. I figure maybe at the end of a long week on Friday, maybe I forgot to put it away. Maybe it's in the studio. So I walk towards the studio, and I see the mug in Studio B, which is a studio, I'll spare you the details, but it's a studio that uh, it can be used for production, it can be used for live broadcasts, it can also be used, it's where I kind of hang out and prep for the couple hours before that I walk in here. And who's walking in there at the same time? My friend and colleague, Curtis Lewa. And I see my mug is in there. Great. <laughs> I must have forgotten it in there on Friday. Let me grab it. Curtis says to me, oh, is that your mug? And uh, I said, yes. Hoping that he would not say what he then said. Really? He says, oh, I've been using it. I said, Curtis, why are you using my mug? And... It's you know I love Curtis, but he's honestly one of the least hygienic people I've ever met. I am wow. I am speaking into a microphone, and I come to this microphone two hours after Curtis has left it. I'm not joking here. I can still smell that Curtis was using this microphone. It's just I don't know what it is, but there's just something so gross about the fact that Curtis was using my mug to drink coffee. So I have this doused (laughs) in sanitizer and dish soap right now. It's soaking. But I have to clearly, I mean, I would have thought Curtis would have had his own mug. But I have to clearly hide this mug so that Curtis doesn't take this for his own purposes. So he's not slurping coffee out of it. And I can just use it for my, my tea. He is, honestly, if you were to ask me, and and Curtis is one of my closest friends, and I mean that, but if you were to ask me at our network, who is the person you would least want to have drinking from your mug, it is absolutely Curtis. No doubt about it. I I don't understand why he doesn't have his own mug. All right, 800-848-9222. Saturday, big day for us, uh, next Saturday, rather. Carmine is going to be two. My son Carmine is going to be two years old. We're having a party. Mostly just family and kids. But we're getting a uh, a bouncy house. Which should be a lot of fun because he really liked the trampoline at this birthday party that we went to on Friday. But now I'm getting all sorts of alerts on my phone. Freeze warning. And I'm looking at the weather in our area for five days from now. And apparently it's going to be frigid. And it may uh, may have, like what, I think a 60% chance of precipitation. Now, I think we paid, I don't know what it was, $500 for this bouncy castle, maybe $600, I don't know. But I don't know what, uh, I don't know if that means we're not able to do it at all. Obviously, if it's raining, you can't do it. But I also don't know if that means we get our money back or how that works. So if anybody's got bouncy castle experience, feel free to... Fill me in. 
800-848-9222. Well, you never know, though, with the weather. Hopefully things turn around and we get nice weather for Carmine's second birthday. Mike is in New Jersey. Hi, Mike. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Frank, a couple questions about your log issues. I'm ready. Are they lengths? Are they long? Yes, they're they're long and okay. narrow. Okay, so the problem is, if they're long, you're not splitting them. You have to cut them. You need an axe or a saw. Okay, so the, the axe, saw. I, I, you know, I have an axe. The axe doesn't, you know, and I'm I'm hitting it pretty hard. It doesn't really cut through. It looks like I'm almost using a nail file. Okay, so, so I'm going to get a chainsaw then. That's the that's the best deal. thing to do. Yes, get a chainsaw. Okay. When you split them, you can use the wedge because you're splitting with the grain. Right now, you're going against the grain. Right. So okay. anything you know, cut them the length for the fireplace. Um, make sure they're dried out a little bit because otherwise there'll be a lot of popping. You don't want to burn the floor again like you did last year. That's um, true. Yes, and and make sure it's. A deciduous tree, not a carnivorous tree. A pine tree has a lot of creosote, and that'll cause a lot of popping. Um, well, and it's what, not good for the chimney. How do I know so, if it's coniferous or, or coniferous is a, is a pine tree? The needles don't. The needles drop year round. A deciduous tree is a oak tree, maple tree, where the leaves fall in in the autumn. Well, but I, and, so and I that's ha- a hardwood. I have this log. Um, I, I don't know what which it's from though. How do I know? Well, you can't tell by the bark. Um, if it's a very, you know, you have to look at it and identify it. Um, and again, if there's any branches laying around from the tree where there were leaves or needles, if there's nothing on them, that was probably a deciduous tree. Um, if there's needles like a Christmas tree or pine tree, you, you, you don't want to burn that in a, in a fireplace. They're fine in a fire pit, but not great in inside. Interesting. All right. Well, that's helpful. Thank you, uh, Mike. Appreciate that. 808. So I can't split them. That's it. You know, I, I got to stick with only splitting aces and eights, right, in blackjack. Leonardo's in New Jersey. Hi, Leonardo. How are you, sir? Yes, in regards to the bounce house, if it rains, it's a no-go. If it's cold, you can still go. Um, kids jump around on that, so you have no worries about the uh, bounce house in regards to weather-wise, unless it's snow. So you're good to go with that. And if they don't... Um, they should refund your money. I'm not sure of the company. I don't want to name the name that I'm using or the one that I work for. So I just wanted to fill you in. Uh, well, that's helpful. Thank you, Leonardo. I appreciate it. So yep. if it's cold, that's fine. They can still use it. If it's precipitation, they can't use it. Yeah, if it's wet, it's just muddy. It's a mess. But if it's cold, I mean, those kids will jump around. They'll be warming right up. Um, it's never too cold unless it's below 20 degrees. But you're good unless it rains or it snows, my friend. Oh, that, that is helpful. Thank you, Leonardo. Appreciate that. All right, we'll do 15 seconds of fame in a moment, and we'll let you be heard on any subject you want for 15 seconds. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. at midnight with Frank Morano.
the other side of midnight. This, of course, from the late great Andy B, who also uh, sought to create a Thanksgiving song for us, but uh, didn't work out. It never really got a chance to master it. If you want to stay in touch via email, we are going to read some of your emails on the air tomorrow. So uh, all you have to do is email me, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. That's frank.morano at uh, redappleaudionetworks.com. We'd also appreciate it if you followed my Facebook page. Uh, go to facebook.com slash moranofan, hit the like or follow button. And uh, I, that's where we post a lot of the articles we're talking about here. I perform or I do videos on there from time to time. And uh, it's, you know, it's kind of a hub for all things related to this show. And if you want to interact with other people that, um, you know, that, that are also listening to the show, be sure to join our Facebook group. You could just uh, search Morano Radio Fans and Haters. That's M-O-R-A-N-O, Radio Fans and Haters. All right. Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to be heard for 15 seconds in just a minute at 800-848-9222. Bill in Freeport, though, had a comment about the bouncy house issue. Hello, Bill. No, no. My name is Hale Storm from Freeport. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Let's go with my daughter's first birthday, my ex-wife had a porta potty and she had animals and donkeys and this and that, so on and so forth. So the donkey did a big, you know what, a poo-poo. I put it in the porta potty. On Monday, they came to pick up the porta potty and they looked in there to clean it out or take it. And it was an enormous donkey dunk. And the guy goes, what the heck? I say, yeah, it's my ex-father-in-law. My father-in-law, you know, he eats too much. <laughs> anyway, five years later, okay, bouncy house. My daughter was at it, and we were divorced. And my ex-wife calls me up. My daughter's tooth fell out in the bouncy house. It got caught on the webbing, on the net. Okay, they found the tooth. I met my ex-wife at Cohen's Hospital. And I gave the doctor that mounted it back in her mouth a $100 tip. He goes, what are you doing? I said, listen, I tipped the valet. I tipped the barmaid. I tipped <laughs> the bartender. Here's 100 bucks." Ten years later, Curtis and Jet Said Juliet were at the hospital doing a fundraiser. You remember Jet Said Juliet? Whatever happened to her? Yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, just we only have about a minute here, Bill. Finish the No, my name is Hale. I'm going to land the plane. Anyway, I met Curtis there at Jet Set Juliet, and I told him about the $100 tip. Please tell Curtis I have a 50-foot by 100-foot American flag. It's, it's, it's mesh. And for his next rally or when he goes to these places. All right. Well, Bill, you should call Curtis yourself and say that. You don't need me to deliver that. Thank you. That was, um, that was, uh, that was a lengthy way. That was a long way to go a short distance. All right. 800-848-9222. The other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame. Maria. Hi, everybody. There's actually uh, an evergreen tree that does lose its needles. It's called the larch, L-A-R-C-H tree. Anyway, have a good day. Happy birthday, Carmine. Larry. Uh, the reason President Biden didn't send Eric Adams uh, any money for the uh, illegal migrants 
is because it probably was illegal to do so. Can anybody tell me why he's not being indicted now for stealing taxpayer money? Ray. Andy B's song, theme song is a classic. The late Andy B. And the guy who sang last week, I don't know his name, Acapella. That song is very good also. Yeah, both of them. that was Neil, absolutely. Cheech in Howard Beach. Instead of cutting city services, the mayor needs to kick the illegals out of the hotels and put them in tents in Central Park. Or send them out to the Hamptons, where there are many vacancies. 800-848-9222. Rusty. Yeah, last Friday, you and Sid were talking about the... Uh, he, he, he talked very bad with you. Don't let him put the bull on you. Talking about the First Amendment that, you know, when it suits him, it's all right. Don't let him talk to you like that. Rich. Hey, how you doing? Good, Rich. What's in your mind? I, I got a, a trick for you for your uh, splitting wood. Mm-hmm. You get an old tire, and you put it in the middle. And you put the, the piece of wood in the middle, and you split it like that. And uh, the wood won't fly oh, that's, towards you and everything. That's interesting. Thank you, Rich. And finally, Walter. What the passing of the First Lady uh, reminds me of the tasteless joke about uh, Jimmy Carter and the Long Island Railroad, what they have in common. If you don't know the answer, ask Sid. On that note, that slams the lid on things for today. Back tomorrow, I believe Jeffrey Lickman's going to be here tomorrow. And the mail. Frank Morano, good day.